Welcome to the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. everyone. I'd like to welcome our audience to the Kingdom Mandate on the Kingdom Empowerment Inc. Radio. Our topic today is, uh, once again, we're continuing in Women of the Holy Bible, and today we'll be discussing Rachel and Leah. Uh, my name is Jacqueline Rogers, along with our host, uh, Reverend Dr. Donna Donny, as well as uh, Minister Gloria Velasquez, and I believe... Um, that is all for right now. Um, if others come, um, I'd be more than happy to share them with you. But for right now, and I will be the moderator for today's uh, session. And may I ask Minister Gloria to open us up with prayer? Yes. Good morning. Father God, we, Good praise, morning. You. we praise you, Father. We bless you. We thank you, Lord God, for this day, for getting us up, dear God, and moving us forward, Father God. We thank you for your word, dear God. We pray that... Uh, Lord God, that you would lead us, Father God, to guide us and direct us, order our steps, Father God, that you would um, help us to understand your word as you want us uh, to understand it, that we receive it into our hearts and transform our hearts and renew our minds, Father God. We pray that your word will go out through all the earth, dear God, and that, that uh, it will glorify you, that this will glorify you, what we're doing for today, Father God. We thank you and praise you. We pray that we hide behind the cross. Dear God, and that your word will go forth pure and holy, dear God, to represent you well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for praying that, um, Minister Gloria. As I said, uh, mentioned our topic today, we're going to be discussing uh, the two women of the Bible, which will be Rhea, I'm sorry, Rachel, Leah, and we'll also talk about um, their, um, their um, mistresses that also bore children to Jacob. Now, our scripture which I'm going to read um, today will be starting at, I'll start at verse um, chapter 29, and I'm going to just read down here to verse um, number 12, and then we'll, we can discuss and, and share what the Lord lays on each one's heart. 
Now, chapter Genesis 29, verse 1, it says, Then Jacob went on his journey and came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and behold, a well in the field, and lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the, were all the flocks gathered. And they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in his place. And Jacob said unto them, My brethren, whence be ye? And they said, Of Haran are we. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. And he said, Lo, it is yet high day, neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep, and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together, until they roll the stone from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. And it came to pass, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. I'm just going to pause right there. Um, Minister Gloria, would you like to discuss what the Lord has placed upon your heart concerning that scripture that was just read? Well, you know, um, his mother, uh, Jacob's mother, had sent him to his brother uh, Laban, and specifically she sent him there because um, he was running from his brother Esau who wanted to kill him. Uh, and um, here he comes, and uh, right away he finds at the well, you know, uh, he meets up with Rachel, and um, uh, he must have been happy, you know, to, to find his own uh, his own kindred, you know. Uh, so this uh, begins to unfold the story of uh, what will proceed, and, and to me, we just see the hand of God, and it's here. Uh, you know, God is uh, bringing forth his will. Um, so uh, we, we see a continuation of, of God using characters. Uh, they're acting out uh, certain things in their own strength, but God uses all of it. And uh, God's bringing forth his will for his people. Yes, yes, that would, be, that would be a case. And thank you for sharing that. And I also like to let the audience know, for anyone who has not been able to follow us during the onset of the Holy Women of the Bible, that they can go back and listen and hear the prior week's discussions that we discussed. Because last week we did discuss um, um, Rebecca, Rachel. I mean, Rebecca is Jacob's mom, yes. And so here he is gone as per his mom to go and dwell with his family, her family, because he was running from the brother, as you had mentioned. Uh, Dr. Ghani, would you also like to share what the Lord has placed on your heart concerning that? Yes, 
you know, Genesis 29 is uh, a very interesting chapter of the Bible in regards to the relationship with um, Jacob coming to meet Rachel. But, you know, if you notice and you look at this very carefully, it was like the first instance to roll away the stone over the mouth of the well, um, it was they who were functioning together uh, to push that well, you know, the rock away from the well. And then all of a sudden, when he sees Rachel, it's like he gets enough strength himself to roll the stone away from the mouth of the um, well. And so then he goes forth and he goes to kiss Rachel. And he lifts up his voice and he weeps because he realized now I have met the person um, that uh, my mother has told me to go out to find. And that was his, her, the, uh, the daughter of her, her um, brother's son. I want to say brother's son because Rebecca was the sister to Bethul and Laban was Bethul's son. So, um, yeah, so this is a very good how they um, met and came together, but I wonder what kind of strength did he get <laughs> when he saw Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And obviously he was, he was very happy. At, when the scripture said that he wept also too, it kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, was he crying because he had found his mother's family or because he had seen this beautiful woman? You know, it, it, it does make you make you um, give it some thought concerning that. Um, I'm going to continue to read from verse 13. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. I'm going to pause right there for a moment and see if anyone wants to share because there is uh, somewhat of a lot that has been said in that scripture alone as well. Minister Gloria, would you like to um, comment first? Yeah, you know, we see the re-entry of this, uh, the character of Laban. And um, Laban is not entirely, uh, you know, uh, ignorant here of, uh, of who he's dealing with, of who Jacob is. Uh, he knows, uh, you know, Laban is the one that sent his sister, Rebecca, to go and marry the father of Jacob. And he knows a little bit about this family. He knows his, Jacob's mother. 
He knows the wealth of the family. He knows the inheritance that Jacob uh, brings with him. And uh, so, you know, when we come to uh, understand a little bit about Laban himself, uh, you know, later on, uh, right now it's not so evident, but um, we need to remember at this point that Laban is not entirely ignorant. Um, and uh, so as he tries to uh, entice uh, Jacob, you know, um, right away he offers him wages and what do you want to be paid? And, uh, and so he's, he's uh, here bringing Jacob into um, uh, servanthood. He's, 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 uh, he's binding Jacob in a way. He's bringing him in um, not just for the sake of daughters, but to himself because he is saying to him, what wages can I give you? In other words, he, Jacob is going to serve him. Um, so uh, we start to see a little bit of, of uh, Laban's intentions, and uh, uh, this is going to be interesting later on in the story. Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that right now. Uh, we'll we'll okay. see more of the development yes. of, this, of, of this character and his, yes. and his intentions. Yes which will soon come, yes. Dr. Donnie, yourself? You know, um, I take note of the characteristics of Rachel and Leah, and it says, you know, it talks about how Rachel was more becoming, but then um, if you look at the word carefully there where it says Leah was tendered, tender-eyed, um, which which is, um, I think, is something that is important important to look at in this when we look at the sovereign will of God because she had you know the word uh, ayani rakak is the Hebrew word uh, there but I, I can't say that you know that that is the transliterated uh, Hebrew word there uh, for eyes of tenderness which is like being um, a person that is perceived of being gentle loving, and a caring person. So um, it's pointing out that Leah um, was had this uh, thing about her a bit, about being a, more of a, a loving and tender and caring type of in, uh, individual, which normally when you look at a person like that, they have some type of characteristics that sound uh maybe favorable to someone where they would feel comfort there. But I can't say for sure, but it's saying he pointed out for sure that in the word of God that she had a ten, she was tender-eyed. Now, when it talks about the features of Rachel, it talks of her beauty, in which a lot of times we look at um, things like this, you know, and and – in human form now, um, we in the natural, we look at individuals based on comeliness, but uh, we, we're finding that there was a characteristic about Leah that was uniquely defined according to the word of God. And that's, that's all I want to point out about this point. Thank you, Dr. Gandhi. And as you were mentioning that, too, um, I, I looked at, and I, I could see where the uh, Hebrew definition of that, and it tells you about the, the tender eyes 
that it was. It was more like a, like you said, a characteristic of her, um, a softness of her heart. Like she was more of the, the more softer, timid type person than was um, Rachel, and she had a very caring nature. And 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 um, I don't think that that's really discussed much in the scripture. Like they, like you said, they look more upon the beauty of Rachel, and the world looks at the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. And and I believe that even with that, that, that um, you know, God also, too, Jacob may have chosen um, Rachel, but I believe there was a, a favor of God that was on Leah. Amen. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to continue to read here and talk about the actual, the marriage as it, as it comes and it says in verse 21, and Jacob said unto Laban, give me my wife for my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. And he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah, Zilpah, his maid, for an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou hadst, which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and gave and he gave him Rachel his daughter to wife also, and Laban to Rachel his daughter Bilhah, his handmaid to her maid, and he went in also unto Rachel. And he loved also Rachel more than Leah and served with him yet seven other years. I'm going to continue to read until the end because I think there's much to be able to tie in here. And it says, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, surely the Lord had looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord had heard I was hated, he had therefore given me this son also, and she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, now, this time will my husband be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons, therefore, was his name called Levi, and she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, now, will I praise the Lord? Therefore, she called his name Judah and left bearing. Um, Dr. Donnie, would you like to go ahead and comment on that portion, please? Well, the word of God pretty much spells it out about what's going on here. (laughs) And um, it, it appears, you know, based on the word of God, you can see that the acts that are being performed, um, there is jealousy uh, rooted here um, with both, uh, with more so like with Rachel, because 
uh, Rachel felt like Rachel was like looking for uh, children um, first. Rachel was also seeking to be married first in the situation, but it just didn't turn out that way. And so God is um, giving favor to Leah in the situation and has opened her womb uh, to bear children. And um, as time is going on, you see that uh, there is a, you know, Leah doesn't necessarily give uh, her maid uh, immediately because she has, like, so many children. And it's like when her womb is closed, then she decides to give uh, Zilpa over to her handmaid or her servant over to um, Jacob to become a concubine uh, of his. And so we we see that um, through all of this uh, is bringing forth, of course, the, the tribes of Israel. And uh, I think that's the main point that is coming out of this is that uh, through all of this, uh, these things that are going on between Rachel and Leah um, to, you know, the customs of the time is that a woman should bear children. And it's still that same way in uh, most countries of that, uh, the Middle East and also to uh, Africa, you can see that it's a very important thing to the families that uh, the woman bears a child. And so um, one will feel lesser than the other if they do not bear a child. And sometimes um, there's challenges in those families. Why am I saying this? We can kind of see the history by, based on historically that some of these things still exist today. And uh, historically, um, we can kind of get a glimpse of what was going on between Rachel and Leah uh, wanting to bear a child, uh, the reasoning for them wanting to bear a child with Jacob. Now, um, I, I think those are the things I, I want to point out because the Word of God, as I said, it pretty much uh, releases what is going on here. So I'll I'll close out with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was good. Um, Minister Gloria, would you like to comment? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, a lot of things going on here with the characters again. It's interesting that Jacob, you know, he comes under this, um, he comes into this conflict. Uh, you know, he left a, a mother and father um, that they had favorites between their sons. His father, uh, uh, Isaac, favored the older brother Esau. And his mother, Rebecca, favored Jacob. And out of that conflict here, we find Jacob, now he's running away because now his brother wants to kill him. And he, he's come into his mother's uh, side of the family at, at her prompting. He, uh, he ends up in the hands of his mother's brother. And a lot of the same characteristics of his mother are seen in this Laban, his uncle, the deception and the the lying, the uh, the manipulation, uh, 
And so when Laban first met him, he tries to control him. But Laban is all about himself. Laban terms, talks to him, to Jacob, in terms of uh, you are my brother and tell me and I'd rather give her to you than to give her to someone else. It's, it's better that I give her to you. Um, and Laban involves himself. It's all about his own intentions. And now we find um, here there are two women. Uh, Jacob serves Laban faithfully for seven years. But, of course, Laban, having these characteristics, marries off his first daughter, Leah, to Jacob through deception. Uh, the, the night of the wedding, the, the, he wakes up the next morning and it's Leah in the bed and not Rachel. And uh, so, again, we see all this deception and it sets a competition because now Laban again uh, deceives him into um, serving another seven years to, um, to acquire Rachel. And that sets off a competition between the two sisters now to bear children. Um, and you, you almost have to feel sorry for both sisters, actually. Uh, you know, uh, Leah, yes, you know, she she has tender eyes, and she you can tell in in that characterization of her that she's probably a quiet woman. She's more tender, but Rachel has this beauty about her uh, that that uh, gives her more of an assertiveness. It seems, but the problem with Rachel is she 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 has difficulty bearing children. And it's amazing to me how God uses Leah. You know, the, the Lord continues to bring forth his plan. Uh, all of this, uh, all of these uh, manipulations and the characterizations of these people, you know, it, it can't stop the plan of God. And it's amazing to me how the Lord uses Leah to fill in, if you will, what Rachel cannot do. So Jacob loves Rachel because of her beauty, and he prefers to marry her. And yet um, this other sister is brought into the picture here, and God uses her to fill in what Rachel can't fulfill. And so the, the numbers of the tribes of Israel, you can see, it would have never come to pass if, if with, with the plan of Jacob. Um, Jacob wanted just to marry Rachel. She would have given him the two sons, and, and you know, who knows if she could have bore more. But uh, she had difficulty bearing. But yet, through Leah, the the tribe, you know, there are twelve tribes to to Israel, and so God brings forth His plan. Um, so, uh, you know, through all the deception of man and through all the uh, conniving of man, yet. What man does is one thing, but God's plan is another. And it's amazing to me how God will use everything uh, in the way that he wants to use it to bring forth his plan. Amen? Amen. That's good. And because as, as we can look and we can see here that um, in spite of the deception and the the deceit and the hatred and the jealousy and all of these different things that are arising from here, the, the lack of love um, that was given to Leah, yet God still used her. She gave, she bore the first four children, 
of the um, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of um, of Jacob. Um, I apologize. And so of all of that, like as you said, God is going to have His perfect um, way in all of this, in spite of man uh, trying to intervene and you know and put their their um, agenda before God, as which what Laban had done. So I'm going to move forth, and I'm going to read, um, continuing. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? And she said, Behold, my maid Bilhah, go in unto her, and she shall bear upon my knees, that I may also have children by her. And she gave him Bilhah, her handmaid, to wife, and Jacob went unto her. And Bilhah conceived and bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me and hath also heard my voice and hath given me a son. Therefore called she his name Dan. And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again and bare Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed. And she called his name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her Jacob to wife. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son. And Leah said, A truth cometh, and she called his name Gad. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. I'm going to just pause for a moment right there. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and as we see, yes, we there already there are um, eight, um, eight of the 12 tribes have um or the origination of them I would say have um have been born and God is still yet uh up to something. And I'm going <laughs> to um <laughs> ask you, Minister Gloria, if you want to step in and comment there. Wow, wow. The jealousy, the competition, the, the struggle, the strife, you know, the the, the sorrow of uh Rachel. You know, it's interesting how God he you know, man, especially in this culture, man diminishes the role of women. Uh, men were so, uh, you know, they, they were the leaders, the commanders. They they dictated. They would have their way. Uh, they did all the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, decisions. They made all the decisions, and uh, they talked amongst themselves as if the women didn't exist. But it's interesting how God in his word, he brings forth the emotion of women. He brings forth the power of women to be able to um, uh, interject their will in the midst of all the, the, uh, the chaos sometimes and the manipulations of the men and the... Uh, the men can be uh, uh, even uh, leaders. You know, we're talking about leaders here, um, strong-willed men. 
And yet these women were able to interject their wills. And uh, the Lord brings it all out. God is taking notice of the women. And God is using women so powerfully, uh, not only in this generation, but we saw also in past generations. Uh, God takes into account the details of our characters. And God knows, you know, he's all-knowing. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows what women are capable of, what they're able to experience, what they can do to men. Uh, even though they're in a subordinate, in, in that particular culture especially, they were in a very much a subordinate position to these men. Yet these women have an influence, and they will have their say, and they have their own will and their own power. Uh, and truly, uh, because they are the women who bear the children, um, they can change the course of history. Um, they can change the course of a nation. Uh, and here you see these two sisters just uh, literally battling it out through their uterus, oh my goodness, through their womanhood. Uh, and what they cannot do, they understand that, that what they cannot do, what they cannot bring forth, they're going to use even other women in their lives uh, to uh, ma manipulate and to uh, uh, have an influence on this one man, Jacob. Uh, the one sister puts her concubine, and then the other sister comes along and says, okay, you did that. I'm going to do it too. And, they, she, and wow, what, a, what an incredible uh, play we have here. And yet God is watching it all. God is taking it all into, um, you know, the, these details. He's taking it all into account. And um, he's still bringing his plan forward. And then he's still bringing a nation forward. And uh, it's all still being done um, the way um, God would want them to be of a certain lineage. Uh, and he keeps it right there. And uh, he's using all of it. <laughs> it's amazing. It is. It is. It's, it's a very interesting um, story how it how it unfolds. Ultimately, God does have His way, but how man, you know, um, you know, we are free will agents, and sometimes we don't always do, you know, go according to the plan of God. But He takes it all and He makes it work for our good. Doctor mm -hmm. Donnie, would you like to comment, please? Oh, yeah, I think uh, it has pretty much all have been said. And um, like you said, it is very amazing. And, yes, uh, these two, I see Rachel rest more, though, and she even said it in verse 8 um, when she named Naphtali. She said, mm -hmm. with great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, and mm -hmm. I have prevailed. Wow. Um, it's like she's taken a little bit of pride there in wrestling with her sister and being able to bring forth another child, um, whereas Leah is like kind of um, just, you know, every opportunity that she's getting, she's, uh, you know, Jacob comes to see her and she's taking that in because he doesn't move unless Rachel gives permission. Um, yes. so, <laughs> which is quite <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And yeah. then also, too, I think it's quite interesting, too, as well, that, um, the naming 
that Leah is giving, she she speaks of God. You know, she says the truth cometh, and she and she called his name Gad. You know, um, some of the things a troop truth a troop cometh, and and she called his name Gad. And I wonder, you know, we, we there's so much to we could draw from out of what she, what how she is naming her children. Yes. Uh, Leah said, happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. And, uh, you know, so it's it's amazing the difference in the naming of, of the children mm-hmm. as well. Uh, there's a uniqueness there. And, and the intention at heart, uh, seems to be quite different. That she's not doing it out of, uh, uh, you know, out of uh, the emotions or the turmoil that, uh, like Rachel is going through. She's she's expressing it out in the name uh, of the children of her uh, her um, maidservant, her maidservant at that time. So that that's quite diff- you know interesting to me as far as uh, her, the character. A distinction in the character, even though both of them are women, um, one is behaving quite a bit differently from the other. Uh, and um, w- of course, we continue to see that as things play out. You know that not necessarily was uh, did both of them have the same uh, nature um, in, in the whole situation. So I'll I'll leave there. Leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Donnie. And I like that you brought that up. Um, even though we we have in fact read read the different names of the children and why they were were you know why she had given each of them the name that she had given them, and here we find Leah um, after the um, Zilpa had had Asher. Right? She said, "Happy am I," but when Leah first bore. The first four, you know, Reuben, it, he was out of her affliction. And Simeon came because she felt like she was hated. So she did, in fact, endure quite a bit. And then she finally, after the, the having the first four, she ended up naming the last one before God had made her barren. She named him um, Judah, you know, praise. Now I will praise the Lord. So in spite of Thing that was being done to her, she still found a praise within her that she wanted to praise God, you know, for for what He had done for her in having, you know, and being able to have children. And then after the um, handmaiden had given the had two boys, she said, "Happy am I." So yes, she is going. She went through somewhat of her own little personal emotional metamorphosis in spite of her sister, because it was seen that more than Rachel was kind of you know the bratty younger sister, you know, probably used to getting everything her way because of her beauty, and so her her disposition was slightly different. Like she would she she would come off as being more arrogant, and Leah being the the humble of the two of them. But um, I like the way the scripture goes on to reveal, and I'm going to start reading in verse 14, that Leah, even though she was experiencing these things and she tried not to keep hatred 
in her heart, but she still, you know, she still felt um, a bit of a way, and probably rightfully so. So I'm going to read. Is that uh, chapter 31? Uh We're still in chapter 30. We're reading from verse 14. Okay. And it reads, And Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, of thy son's mandrakes. And she said unto her, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband, and wouldest thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore, he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him and said, Thou must come in unto me, for I surely have hired thee with my son's mandrake. And he lay with her that night. We can go on, but I would still like to just stop here for a moment because it just clearly spoke about the things that we just discussed uh, previously regarding um, the two sisters and their relationships. Um, Dr. Donnie, would you like to go ahead and comment there, please? Wow, this was really, you know, again, producing character. Um, mm-hmm. so because you, you're struggling, you're wrestling so um, to have your husband and don't want him to, uh, you know, have access to the first uh, person that was formerly his wife. Um, you you now have decided that it, it tells you the honor of the the marriage, the honor of the relationship, uh, what is the real purpose of marriage? Um, is, it, uh, is she struggling only because uh, she didn't have her way the first time with the husband because of what Laban did as far as switching uh, King and Leah? Uh, what is her purpose in all of this with, with the marriage because she's not really honorable in her position and her stance all the way through because she automatically switched up for mandrakes with kind of like she's selling, kind of like that Esau nature, selling the mm. birth, yeah. <laughs> selling the, the marriage <laughs> right for, um, you know, mandrakes, food. Um, and it wasn't like Esau, though. Esau came hungry out of the field, but she's like, I like mandrakes, so I want the mandrakes in that were in the field, and I'm willing to, you know, give my husband over to you. I'm willing to give the one who loved me first, uh, the one who saw me first and loved my nature, loved my features, loved something about me. I'm, I'm willing to now give him over to you to leave my tent, he sleeps in my tent all the time, but I'm willing for him to go to your tent uh, in this time because I want your son's mandrake. And Reuben, by the way, is the first uh, son yes. uh, of Rachel, which it makes him also to her nephew, makes him also to her. And, and I want to also point out, too, I, I didn't think about this, that Bil, Bilha and Zilpa are sisters. You have the same father and the same mother. And the same thing is going on here. Yeah. <laughs> so I want, I wanted to point that out as well. 
and and um, so here we go. Uh, these two sisters, and you know, are in a challenge with each other, and then one of them is struggling to make sure she can keep uh, Jacob away from the other, and also struggling to have children, uh, more children with him, um, you know, to show that she's uh, a woman or to show that she's uh, capable of responding to having a child to the point. And then she now is willing to sell all of that out for mandrakes that was uh, by the first son that Leah had. And she said, give me, I pray thee, I'm reading for 14 as you did, uh, of thy son's mandrakes. She said to her, it is a, it's a small matter. Thou hast taken my husband, and wouldest thou take away my son's mandrakes also? So um, <laughs> it's, it's, the character is really, you know, being more revealed about Rachel. And mm-hmm. it would clearly show um you know that it's not a, a a common nature uh of uh someone like i said you selling out your opportunity with uh, your husband for mandrakes therefore he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes wow that's amazing yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i had <laughs> That was good. That was good. News to Gloria? Yeah, you know, um, we continue to see the antagonism between the two women, but the incredible play on words here, how they belittle each other with the words, but more than that, they belittle each other's relationship with Jacob with the words. Uh, the comparison uh, of the worth of the relationship to the value of mandrakes, uh, incredible, uh, really harsh, really uh, just a tearing down. Can you imagine this going on years and years and uh, this wrestling back and forth between these two sisters, just the horrible antagonism and the resentment, the, the, the despising of each other. Uh, and to me, I see this going back generations even. You know, uh, this this is not new to this generation, but it's something that has followed Jacob, even from his mother and father, uh, where his relationship and his brother's relationship were affected by uh, the same kind of uh, uh, thing between his mother and father, his father loving his brother more and his mother loving him more. Um, Just hear the words. Um, um, Rachel... I pray thee, she starts out, okay, I pray thee, begging, you know, uh, for the son's mandrakes. And then she says uh, how uh, Leah says to her, and as she, she acknowledges, she understands what Rachel is doing. And she says to her, is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband? So she right away, she, she's on it, you know, she's on the game. Uh, it, it, the game is on here, you know. Uh, and wouldst thou take away my son's mandrakes also? So right away she's equating the relationship. How she understands that Rachel is equating the relationship of of, of her her husband, 
uh, Leah's husband and her, Leah's marriage, and she's equating it with the son's mandrakes. And so Rachel says to her, and again belittling Leah, therefore he will lie with thee, he shall lie with thee, he shall, it's like I'm, she's like ordering it, okay, he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. It's like, it's like she's saying, okay, you know, I'll give them to you tonight, uh, and that will be the payment for the mandrakes, okay? So, uh, she's, she's equating, again, this, re- this marriage relationship of Leah and Jacob uh, to the worth of these mandrakes, which to me is just, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking to see this. Uh, so Jacob comes out of the field in the evening, and Leah goes out to meet him and says, thou must <laughs> come in unto me, for surely I have hired thee. Uh, and now Leah, almost in resentment now, she's going up to Jacob's face. And she's despising also this marriage relationship because she, she knows that Rachel, that he loves Rachel more than her. And so she is belittling her own husband. And he's telling her, you must come into me for I've hired you with my son's mandrakes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, this is serious. It's really serious. Uh, so, yeah, these words, uh, uh, to me, each word is so important here because it just tells us so much. And uh, he, 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 uh, he goes ahead and he, uh, you know, he does it. <laughs> he lay, the Bible says he lays with her that night and God hearkens unto Leah. Again, it's only God that's bringing forth, you know, uh, his plan. And in the plan of God, there's mercy. It says God hearkens unto Leah. He, he knows her wounded heart. And so Lord, the Lord God is going to allow her to conceive. And she bears yet another son, uh, uh, the fifth son. And Leah said, God, Leah has a relationship with God. It's God that she loves. Uh, and Leah says, God has given me my hire. Because uh, listen to the name that she calls Jacob. She says, God has given me my hire. You know who hire is? It's Jacob, her husband. <laughs> She, she hired him with the bandrakes because I have given my maiden to my husband and she called his name Issachar. And then she conceives again and she bears Jacob, a sixth son. You know, the competition goes on, but God knows the wounded heart of Leah. He, uh, he knows what these two women are going through, each one in their own crisis, in their own uh, battle. Uh, it's amazing what's, what's going on here. It's amazing. It is, and it's very interesting and, and quite kind of sad because these two women have been pitted together, you know, pitted against mm-hmm. each other, yes. um, really not even by any fault of their own because mm-hmm. their father initiated this because mm-hmm. Jacob asked to marry Leah. He thought he was working for Leah, all the, not um, Leah, but Rachel initially. And the father comes in with his own plan and says, I can't give you the younger before marry off the younger daughter before I marry off the older daughter. Mm-hmm. He says that's not his custom. So here you are. These girls are at, you know, warring with each other because of the tradition that, that the father wants to keep because is there anywhere written that it says that he couldn't have married Leah if that's what they agreed to. Uh, Rachel, I'm sorry. That's what they agreed to. Father, through his own plan in there, 
So now you have these two sisters, you know, and, and the scripture is not clear in saying of what was their relationship prior to this happening, you know. Did they ever get along? Who's to know? Because there's a lot of strife between the two of them now. But, mm-hmm. again, um, when you read in verse 17, as you, you touched on already, that God hearted unto Leah. Because God, mm-hmm. God hears her heart and her cry, even though it almost appears like the both of them, they're kind of, you know, uh, prostituting uh, Jacob, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, is like here. I'll give you this, you can have him for this, but then he's got to come back here to me. So you're like kind of loaning your husband out, you know, because you really don't want to. He sleeps with Rachel each night because that's the wife that he originally wanted. But mind you, Leah still feels as though that's my husband because she was married to him first. She was, she's the wife that the father had given unto him. So she feels like she has a right to him in, 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 in her own way. But it really is amazing that, um, you know, the way this here kind of uh, spells out. But I like something that we had discussed last week when we were talking about the women of the Bible with Rachel, not Rachel, but Rebecca, when they went to go get her a wife that we talked even before about um, with um, Isaac's mother, Sarah, that God will have mercy on whoever God is going to have mercy on. And ultimately, you know, we can we can do some things, and may, they may not always be pleasing to God in the manner that we do. The Bible says, "Be angry, but sin not." So it's you know, feelings of anger and things they they are natural, and that people feel a certain way. But God says not to sin. But ultimately, I just I just believe that God is going to have His way through it all, whatever decisions are made, that He takes everything and He makes it work together for his plan and his will in his appointed time that is going to come to pass. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. You know, when you, when you look at the things, the many things that are going on here between the siblings, you know, it wasn't their fault that their fathers put, pitted them together, but they're, they're in this situation. But God is still yet going to get the glory out of it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I I know that we kind of touched on it, but I'm just going to go ahead and read from verse 17. I'm going to um, continue to read until I feel led to stop because we're just making a point here that now there there are eight children that had been born. Asher was number eight, but then the other two had come along back again to Leah having children. And God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived and bare Jacob, the fifth son. And Leah said, God has given me my hire because I have given my maiden to my husband. And she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again and bare Jacob, the sixth son. And Leah said, God has endued me with good with a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Zebulun. And afterwards, she bare a daughter and called her name Dinah. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bare a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. Amen. So I... I um thank you, Doctor Donnie. I, I heard you. I heard you there. <laughs> you said um after after Dinah was born, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Because, it is. Uh, that is. Yeah. yeah, she's changing. Uh, she's changing. Right. The way that she's responding. 
you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. before the naming was uh, based on emotions, but now she's having her on and she's looking at it differently. And she's coming mm-hmm. out with a name that uh, responds to the Lord, that she's seeing the Lord in all of this, which is mm-hmm. quite a big difference. And 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 also, too, when, you know, um, again, we can look at how the 12 children that are born in all of this and how it lead, how it uh, leads, you know, it, uh, the 12 tribes of Israel uh, played a role uh, in the coming of our Lord and Savior into the future. So, um like you said, I love the part that you said where God has his own way about everything. So as we are now in the word of God, yes, it's good. She's learning. <laughs> yes, Rachel, yes. go ahead. <laughs> yes. Uh, Minister Gloria? Um, I think both women in some way, uh, they're coming to a resolve in their own hearts about their part in this conflict. Uh, And their resolve is coming because now finally they're both looking at God. Uh, You know, uh, Leah totally understands that it's God that's being merciful to her, Uh, that it's God that has, uh, uh, she hearkened, uh, and God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived, and uh, and Leah says, uh, God has given me my hire. She still doesn't, uh, you know, um, she feels that despising of Jacob, and now she doesn't acknowledge him uh, or the marriage as a love relationship. But she understands that she's just there and that uh, the only way she can get him is uh, by doing these uh, little, uh, you know, uh, deals with Rebecca. (laughs) And only when Rebecca releases him, then she, she goes, Leah can go out to him and say, you've got to come in to me tonight. You know, she, 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 you must come to me uh, because I've, uh, you know, I've hired you out for some mandrakes today or maybe some other day she could say, I've hired you out for, some, for a meal or, you know. But she understands the only reason Jacob is going into her is because uh, uh, ultimately because God has given her her, quote, hire. Um, and then uh, she uses, uh, she tries to speed it up by including her her maiden into this, uh, this, this uh, the the uh, the game here. Uh, but Leah has found a great healing uh, through her love of the Lord. And then Rachel, on the other hand, is starting to uh, soften up. You know, she understands that it's not her beauty that has gotten her these sons. But it is God's will and it is God's mercy uh, on her that the Lord has opened up her womb. And it's the Lord who's allowing her to have children. And then uh, she's able also, again, to include the concubine here. And through the concubine also, uh, she's able to uh, have these sons. And so the Lord is giving her the number of sons that she has. Uh, It's not coming out of her own strength or anything out of her own beauty, her own doing but it's God's mercy. And so the two women have come into their own relationship with God, and through that, they're both finding a healing and a resolve uh, for, their, in, for uh, their own situations. You know, they're both hurting. They're in this situation, but they're both hurting in different ways. 
uh, Rachel because of her barrenness and Leah because of the rejection. Uh, she's the rejected one. So they've got, they both have a, a, a different personal battle, but they're both in the situation. But the Lord is bringing healing to both their hearts. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hello? 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 <laughs> can you hear me, Dr. Ganny? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Um, Sister Jacqueline, maybe you're on mute, possibly. Okay. Um, I guess we'll continue forward until she returns. Okay. Um you know, uh, speaking about this situation where uh, Rachel conceived, as I, I said um, earlier, too, with Joseph, uh, Joseph was uh, favored um, by Jacob, as we know um, in the future stories of the Bible. And his uh, favor, although that he went through certain, certain circumstances, we know that it leads to... Um, a situation uh, which the Lord has, uh, you know, is with them all the way through and is going to lead them from um, extreme circumstances into the future. Again, it plays a part of the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, All of these are primary factors of that, and that is the reason for studying um, about Uh, the women of the Bible so we can see how they did actually play a role in the coming of our Lord and Savior. And we know that all of these children, um, it doesn't actually mention Dinah um, in the book of Revelation, but in Revelation 7 is what I'm speaking of. But we know that, uh, and it does not mention the tribe of Dan, but we do know that uh, the rest of the tribe of Judah and also Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and uh, Ephraim, are mentioned in there and that um, they are going to be a part of that remnant. Uh, now, will all of the tribe um, is that is there? I can't say, but the Bible says there, there will be a remnant of, of 144,000 is that remnant uh, of that tribe that will uh, make it in. And we we know that um, the other children, although that they made um, mistakes, because we know that Reuben did, um, I, I don't want to go too far because we know that I'm hoping that Sister Jacqueline can hear us and that she is now on the line with us. Hear me okay? I apologize for that. I don't know what happened. The, uh, right. my phone. I think no someone was trying to get into the line, but I apologize. Okay, and no so, problem. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. And um, thank you, too, for sharing that portion, too, Dr. Gotti, in terms of the um, the 12 tribes of Israel in, in um, Revelation as it's discussed and, and how God is still continually um, moving throughout this chapter, these chapters here that we've been studying and talking about um, Rachel and um, Leah, their differences, but God is still yet using them 
to bring forth his will. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting here, too, that um, after I read verses 20 through to 24, when Rachel gave birth to Joseph, that she makes the comment here that the Lord shall add to me another son. So she um, had been praying, obviously, and she said that God remembered her, and she was confident in, in herself and in God that she wasn't just going to have one child, but that she was going to have two. Would you like to comment on that, um, Dr. Donnie? What are your thoughts about that scripture, that line there, and just the fact that her believing that God was going to give her a, a second son? Why, well, I, I certainly believe that at some point in time she started uh, definitely having, because it said in 22, and God remember Rachel, and God her, hearkened to her and opened her womb. So she certainly realized that there is a need for her to talk to God uh, along the way in order for this will to come forth. It was not going to be through uh, fleshly means, uh, mm. a natural means. It says that uh, God hearkened to her and opened her womb. So obviously her womb was closed, and now that she's conceiving this uh, son and she realized that God uh, has this capability. He, he's more powerful than what she could have ever done because she says, God has taken away my reproach. And now mm. she's speaking something into being. She she now understands the way uh, that this Lord is God, Jehovah, is working. And, and she called his name Joseph and said, the Lord shall add to me another son. So now she's looking at um, God has this type of power, and she know him uh, to the extent that when she is calling up on him, he's hearkening to her voice, and she realized that, you know, at this point, um, the Lord will answer her again. So she says, the Lord shall add to me another son. She didn't um, say, oh, Lord, add another son to me. She's speaking it into being at this point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you. Yes. No, that was, that was, that was good. That was good. Cause that does speak to the relationship that um, her relationship with God had changed. You said it wasn't her going in and just pleading, you know, and just, you know, wanting, I could see her kind of like begging and wanting so desperately to have a child but not never stopping to seek God and asking God to open up her womb. Because remember, she even said to Joseph, uh, to Jacob, I'm sorry, um, in the beginning of verse uh, 30, when Rachel saw that she didn't have any children, she went to Jacob and she said unto him, you know, give me some children, like make me pregnant or else I'm going to die. Like Jacob had some control over the fact that, you know, she wasn't uh, bearing children. So now she realizes that, it is, in the fact, um, the Lord God, Jehovah, that is actually orchestrating this, and she kind of brings herself into alignment with the plan of God. So I'm going to continue reading here and um, from verse 25, now after she has already had Joseph. And it says, It came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away that I may go unto my own place, and to my country, give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee, and let me go, 
for thou knowest my service, which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. Point me thy wages, and I will give it. And he said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with thee, for it was little which thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude, and the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming, and now when shall I provide for my own house, house also? And he said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and, give, and keep thy flock. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the steppes and spots. I'm not going to go into to reading all that there, but I'm going to um, stop and just um, want us to discuss how right after uh, Rachel has Joseph, him being the 11th um, member, the 12 tribes of um, of Israel, and then he he says to Laban, now Jacob is ready to go, and he wants to take all his wives and all his children. What do you believe is the significance of that, dear Minister uh, Gloria? You know, he's uh, he served this man for so long, and the, the truth is, uh, when he went to this man, uh, he was a uh, Jacob. Obeying his mother, you know, he left his mother under such uh, under such turmoil. Uh, and when she directs him to this man, and he goes there, and he's thinking, okay, uh, he falls he falls in love with this man's daughter, and he Jacob, in, in all good faith, says to him, okay, I'll serve you for a certain number of years if I can acquire this particular daughter, Rachel. And this man really wrapped his Laban, wrapped up Jacob's life in such a mess. You understand daily Jacob is living out this turmoil between these two sisters. He's in the middle of it. And they're literally commanding him, go speak with her, go speak with her, back and forth. And he's living out, he's living this out daily. And uh, the whole time he knows that he's under, the, he's, he's in service to their father. And finally, excuse me, finally he acquires both wives. He gives this man the 14 years for these two women. But he wants to be done with it. He has uh, fulfilled the service and he wants to go his own way. So, uh, <coughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, so here he's requesting that he be freed from the servitude to Laban. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Dr. Donnie? Yes. Um, you know, the, 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 this is a, um, like I said, it's more of a customary, customary and traditional thing here. And Joseph, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying Joseph, Jacob is not going to leave without communicating to his father his father uh in law his purpose and his reasoning and he's not going to just 
run off and do things any kind of how because he understands, um, you know, the, the respect that he has uh, for Laban. Um, it's quite different from the way that Laban respects him because he was brought up uh, under his father, Isaac, um, and and traditionally uh, under the the Hebrew uh, customs, they will honor their their uh, forefathers. They will honor them very well. Now, one of the things, if you notice here, he has worked for him, and he has not received any wages, uh, any salary all of this time. But he has his wife. Um, he has he has received the wife. Uh, he has had uh, his grandchildren there on the property, and he has remained there. So he has done everything that he has committed doing as far as serving Laban. So he's at a point of now saying, let, let me go. Uh, and he wants to go to his own country. He wants to go to the area um, after, you know, Rachel is in his, I, I like the way that, that you pointed out, uh, as the Bible does, and it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph. Um, it's like he had achieved and reached the point of time of, or a point of um, purpose in his life that he was trying to get to, and now he's saying, let me go. Uh, let me go my way to my own country. Uh, it's like he reached a point of satisfaction um, where he was, and now uh, there's a transition to go to the place where he came from. And he's not only just saying that because he said – uh, when he's talking to Laban and he's saying, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. And that's what Laban is, Laban is saying to Joseph, I mean to Jacob, I'm saying Joseph. I don't know why Joseph is on my mind now. Mm-hmm. But I, I do in, in some way, I understand. And he said, appoint me thy wages and I will uh, give it. And he said unto him, thou knowest that I have served thee and, and ha- how thy cattle uh, was with with me, for it was little which thou hadst before I came. And it is now increased unto a multitude. Uh, so he's pointing out that the Lord has blessed him. So he's um, now coming to his point. He's landing as to why he's saying all of these things and what he actually wants from him as for his wages. But now we also know in this story that uh, Laban is, is uh, he's not, a faithful person in in uh, keeping his uh, word. Um, he does, and he and Jacob realizes that. Uh, he realizes now it's time I have to set um, a, you know, to set a guideline, uh, set a rule to this. <laughs> and um, so that's basically what he's doing with Laban. He he realized that he has to go to an, another level 
of being able to communicate with uh, Laban to show forth uh, what God is with him. Who is this God that is with him mm-hmm. um, before he embarks out? And that that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Donnie. I like the fact that you added that portion in here that um, Joseph, uh, now you got me saying Joseph, <laughs> Jacob, to that realization, like you said, he knew he knew that God was with him, and he pointed out to Laban because he just said, listen, I just want to take my family, and I just want to go, and I want to be able to provide for my own household. But he pointed out to Laban that, to let him see that since I was with you, God has prospered you. And like you said, he didn't take anything other than what he had given him from the wives and the children and so forth. And yet still, you know, God was with him. But Laban saw that also, too. And Laban, in his greed, he wanted him to stay a little longer because he wanted more because he knew that God was with him and that if God is with him, they're prospering. And I believe that's been the history of the people of Israel, as they can see, even with the Egyptians, you know, they knew at some point God, God's hand is upon his people, and he, and he protects them. So he wanted to kind of um, take more advantage of that, um, for, for lack of a better word, than to get more. Because Laban, as we can see, he, he's um, prompted a lot by greed. And also, I just want to mention here that when we were studying last, um, we talked about uh, Abraham's servant that went to get Rebekah for Isaac. Just think if his servant had not hearkened unto the spirit of God that quickened in him to have him to not to delay. They wanted um, to wait to have uh, Rebekah to join them later on. And Laban, being in the midst of that, I'm sure that situation would have turned out a little differently had they waited and sent Rebecca to Isaac as opposed to having the servant leave with her. So I'm, I'm glad that he, he had the spirit of God and he, he quickened to it and he obeyed it and he did what his master sent him out to do, unlike um, here where Laban has the opportunity to manipulate circumstances and situations as he has, has done in times past and, and ultimately proving who, what his real character is, because that's where this scripture kind of speaks to the character of the individuals. And even with Jacob wanting to be, um, the, be his own person at this point, because all the while he's kind of am, you know, beholden to Laban because of him going there and serving um, his serving Laban to have these wives that he had done. He said, I've given you, I have served thee. And he really did. He, he served them for 14 years. That says a lot of an individual working for someone just basically on the strength of kind of his word, like, you know, I'll, I'll be good to you is what Laban kind of wanted to convey. But Jacob already saw that God had already been good to him and he knew it was his time to, to, to move on. So um, I'm not going to read the, the portion here that talks about the flock and everything and how, you know, they, made, they came to the decision of what Jacob would take with him when he left. I'm going to move ahead here to verse 31, um, Genesis 31 from verse 1, and it reads, And he heard the words of Laban's sons, saying, Jacob, 
have taken away all that was our fathers, and all that which was our fathers have he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. And Jacob called Rachel and Leah to the field unto his flock and said unto them, I see your father's countenance that is not toward me as before, but the God of my father hath been with me. And ye know that with all my power I have served your father, and your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. And he said thus, the speckle shall be thy wages, and all the cattle bear speckles. And if he said thus, the ringstrake ring shall be thy higher, then bear all the cattle, cattle ringstrake. Thus God has taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me, and it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream, and behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ring straight, speckled, and grisled. And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring straight, speckled, and grisled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me, now arise and get thee out from this land and return unto the land of thy kindred. And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, Is there yet any portion of inheritance for us in our father's house? And are, are we not counted of him strangers? For he has sold us and have quite devoured also our money. For all the riches which God has taken from our father, that is ours, and our children's now then, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. Amen. That was, that was a lot that was disclosed there, that the, when the angel of the Lord uh, stepped in and began to speak to Jacob, what thus saith the Lord. Uh, Minister Gloria, would you like to comment there? Yeah, wow, there is a lot here. Um, I want to start just by saying, finally, in this marriage, there are three people in this particular marriage, Jacob, Leah, and Rachel, and finally, they have found their common ground. They have found their place of peace and agreement within this marriage, and the place, is, the, the place of peace is the Lord. All of them are, have found, through their experiences, all of them have come to the Lord, have, have a, a heart totally for God. And so now Jacob, um, whether he realizes it or not, he calls these two women and he starts talking to them about God. And both of them can get on board with what he is saying and the reason that both of them will follow him finally and stop ordering him around, but instead now they will take a position as submissive wives and follow this man is because he is talking to them about what their heart, where their heart is about God. He's talking about God. 
And so with that, they can both identify, and it's because of that that they're going to take a submissive position, and both of them will follow them out of their father's land and follow to where he wants to lead them, which is where God is leading him. And we also see that God's now very directly uh, leading Jacob out. He's talking to Jacob. He, uh, he's uh, causing Jacob to have dreams. And the Lord is talking to him uh, about where he's going to lead him. Uh, so now the Lord is directing this very, very clearly here in, 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 you know, in the story. And um, the Lord is saying to Jacob, I, I've, seen, I've, I've seen what you've been through. I've seen what this man Laban has done to you. Um, and um, the Lord is going to lead them out now. The Lord is now taking um, uh, his place and his authority. He's brought this situation uh, to where he, the, I'm talking about the Lord here. The Lord has brought the situation to where he wanted it to come to. And now the Lord will uh, arise in authority and he will lead Israel to where he wants Israel to go. Amen. That was good. That was good. Dr. Ghani? Yes. You know, um, I like the way that uh, Jacob's faith and he is communicating now with his wives and he's starting to direct the pattern. Um, a little bit based on what the Lord has given him. And he's telling them that um, what the Father has done, and he's saying that uh, in seven, and your Father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. Uh, It sounds like even Laban wanted to hurt him in some kind of way. Um. But he says, God suffered him not to hurt me. And he said, if he said thus, uh, the speckle shall be uh, thy wages, then all the cattle bear speckled. And if he said thus, the God has taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. And so um, the cattle, you know, or... Of course, they prospered because uh, he did as the Lord had told him to. And in 11, it says that the angel of God spoke unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, here I am. And he said, lift up. Mm -hmm. It's such a powerful thing right here. He said, Mm -hmm. lift up and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle or ring straight. And speckled and grizzled, for I grizzled, for I have uh, seen all that that Laban doeth unto thee, and I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now rise, get thee out of this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. Now we remember his his own grandfather. <laughs> Had a similar uh, situation. Get out! Get out of here, land, and get to the land of thy kindred, because that's the same place where Abraham uh, had originated from. You know, because the father of uh, neighbor, um, you know, Nahor rather was Mm -hmm. the grandfather of Laban, 
and right. Nahor, yeah, so Abraham and Nahor were family. And so right. here it is, now, <laughs> he's telling Rachel again and Leah what he's getting ready to do and letting them know. So they, they, they're like questioning together at the same time. Um, they're like an agreement that where's my portion, where's my inheritance? But when mm-hmm. we move, I, I don't want to jump into the to, to the future part, but we can see that, uh, w- again, a different character is coming up again. A different, the emotions are, are driving the situation again with uh, Rachel and Leah. But we see again that now Jacob is taking the lead uh, of the house. It's not that he's just going out and field and working and and having uh you know bearing uh children or you know having relationship with them knowing them um it's now that he is now waking up and realizing there has to be a change i have to tell them what's going on and let them make their own decision as to where they're going to follow but he's laying down uh, the situation to them before he is embarking out. And he says in 16, for all the riches which God has taken from our father, this is this is what they're saying, um, that is ours and our children's now then, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. So they, they're willing to submit to the order of God. And I stop there. Yes. Yeah. That way, may, may I have a may I, may I say something here? Sure, please? you may. Sure, you may. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I I love the way God reminded uh, Jacob of Bethel. He said, "I am the God Bethel." Wow, Bethel uh, was where Abraham. You know, I, I, Pastor Pastor Donna was mentioning this. Bethel was where Abraham. Uh, we find this in Genesis twelve and verse seven and eight. It it, it says. Um, let me just go over here. It says, and the Lord, this is the Genesis uh, 12 and 7, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham, Abraham being uh, Jacob's grandfather, right, and said, unto thy seed, and here is Abraham's seed, Jacob, unto thy seed will I give this land, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord. Abraham put, you know, as a, as a memorial, he uh the Lord is making Abraham that promise. Unto thy seed will I give this land. Um, and there uh, Abraham uh, built an altar um, to the Lord who appeared unto him. And uh, in verse 8, and he, moved, and he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and high, H-A-I, on the east. And there... He built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord and Abraham journeyed going on still toward the south. So that place, Bethel, you know, is a very special place. And how interesting that God, uh, uh, Jacob must have known about Bethel. You know, the, the, uh, the, the story of this special place must have been passed on to him. And the Lord is reminding him, I am the God of Bethel. Whoa, he's God of his promise. And how, how beautiful that God is keeping his promise. He's bringing him forward. And um, uh, through that word, he's going to, um, uh, it's almost as if he's strengthening uh, 
uh, Jacob through that word. Uh, the Lord is saying, I'm, I'm going to keep this promise. I haven't forgotten it, and uh, I'm, I'm leading you forward. I, 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 uh, I love that about God, his faithfulness to us. You know, uh, there's so much right now in Jacob's life that we see is so uncertain. He, uh, he has so much turmoil with his father-in-law and his wives, but uh, the Lord is giving him the strength here. And the future, he's reminding him of the, the Lord is reminding him of what the, his plan, the Lord's plan is, and uh, how He will lead him. So there's a there's a big strength in this uh, message from the Lord to Jacob here. Amen. Um, amen. I would like to also add there too, just to point it out for the, the mm-hmm. audience and the listeners as well. In Genesis uh, 31. When when God is speaking to him, he says in 13, I am the God of Bethel. And he says, where thou, so he's talking about Jacob, anointed, mm-hmm. the, anointed the pillar. So Jacob also had a divine visitation at this place. And then he, he also made a vow, self, mm-hmm. unto God um, in that part. Um, and we know that uh, it's in, the, you know, the Bible where he, uh, when he left and, you know, running away from uh, Esau, uh, where this comes about. But I don't want to read too much into it because of time. Go ahead, um, Jacqueline. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Donnie, for um, all your comments, uh, Minister Gloria. Um, I appreciate you all uh, participating with me today. This was really good. I just want to um, sh- um make this one last comment before we invite um, any callers or comments in how God, you know, um, man was allowed to have his free will and to do certain things in this, um, in this chapter, the last couple chapters that we read. But what I, what I found that was very enlightening was the fact that ultimately Jacob, him being the one who having a relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of course his God, and these women coming in, um, mind you, they were a part of, they were from Abraham's um, lineage, but they were not serving Abraham's God. But ultimately, before, after all was said and done, after the, the, the bad feelings between the two sisters, they both had a come-to-God moment, um, so to speak, to let them see ultimately that God is in control and when Jacob came again, he, he knew what God was doing, regardless of what Laban was doing to him. He knew that the Lord that was prospering Laban as a result of him being there, and Laban knew it as well. And when God spoke to Jacob, Jacob, um, he didn't hesitate to obey God, and he brought what God was saying to these women. And they say, yeah, they were concerned about the riches of their family and their inheritance and things of that nature. But when it was all said and done, they said, do whatever God has told you to do. And they were willing, too, to do what God told them to do and follow their husbands in spite of whatever had gone on between them. They were able to move on, find some forgiveness, I would like to believe, for each other, and and to realize that God was having a greater plan here than what they had anticipated or could ever even have thought that was going on. Uh, so with, with that said, I understand that we do have some callers on the line, and we'd like to um, give you a moment, callers, to announce yourselves or remain anonymous if you like, 
and to just share if you'd like to um, share any comments or questions that you may have had as a result of today's um, sharing of the word. Feel free to go ahead. Anyone? Uh, no takers. Okay. All right. Um, we'd also like to do is um, anyone that's listening in, if you um, have not yet accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you'd like to do that now as a result of sharing on this call, you can take a moment and um, have an altar call. <laughs> and, I'm sorry. Okay, it sounds like that they're not engaged. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, with that being said, we still have a few more moments that we like to discuss. Um, the um, next week we will still continue to have the kingdom mandate coming on at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we will continue to share about the holy women of the Bible. Uh, Dr. Ghani, what, um, which woman will we be covering next? I believe you may have mentioned it, but I'm not sure if I have it. Okay. Actually, um I actually have not uh, thought about it. Let me let you decide. We'll <laughs> <laughs> let me let you decide. <laughs> okay, well, in keeping with it, it seems as though we have been just moving forward and speaking about the women in in the Bible and following along. And I think I'd like to, because of um, there was something you mentioned um, that was mentioned when we talked about um, the one daughter that Jacob had with Leah, Dinah. Let's let's discuss the um the events um that were that unfolded as a result of Jacob having this one daughter amongst um these eleven sons that was discussed so far, but we know there are twelve, even though we didn't reach um to cover that twelfth child being born because it happened after the fact. So then let's discuss Dinah for next week. She will be the woman uh, in the Holy Bible that we will discuss on next week, next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time from 11 to 1, where we will share what the Lord will um, unfold around that scripture because there were a lot of events that took place in the Bible as a result of this daughter. In the, the twelve tribes of um, of the twelve tribes of Israel that began to fold, unfold. Amen. Amen. It sounds like a great and wonderful um, topic. I don't I don't want to say idea, but a topic uh, for the yes. Holy Bible, and yes. and uh, it's one that is not often spoken of. So I think it would be a wonderful topic. Thank you. I, I picked up something um, in the lesson when we were discussing it because it is it's she's she's a woman 
of the Bible, and we're to cover, you know, talk about it all, because God, I don't believe that every every story, uh, every story, every um, topic that is shared in the Bible, I believe that God has a purpose and a plan behind it, as it's been inspired by the Holy Spirit. So um, it will be good for discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Thank you. Um, so with that, we have just a few more moments. We have another 20 minutes left, actually, on the call that we can share. Dr. Donnie, would you um, step right on in? Um, I always like to take a moment, though, too. I'd like to thank you for even having the kingdom mandate call and, and for what the Lord is moving on you to do in terms of ministry. You know, we're discussing the women of the Bible, but we're mostly here women discussing women in the Bible, and I think it's really, really um, important that just as the women in the Bible have their stories and their study, that we as women study those women to uh, emulate if, you know, if, if necessary, if need be, or look at their lives and kind of see, you know, because in the world today there are a lot of women and there are a lot of hurting women in different situations, and I just believe that God is calling us for such a time as this for women, for us to minister to and with each other. So, Dr. Gandhi, I'd um, uh, like to thank you. Yes, go ahead. Uh, you know, I and and thank you also, too, because I, I really do believe, like you said, that this is an opportunity for uh, women to know ourselves and get to understand and know um, how Lord the Lord um, looked at women in the Bible and and how they played a, such a, a major role um, in the Bible as well. The, you know, where sometimes uh, women are kind of left on the sideline, not really taking understanding of who they really are and what potential God has for them to play. Uh, in the kingdom of God, and we need to we need to start doing that because there's so many great and wonderful women in the Bible, and uh, you know they made some mistakes, yes, along the way. But we can see, and we know that some of them <laughs> they did they made more than mistakes. They just were intentionally <laughs> out there, mm-hmm. like we're going to get to the point of Jezebel at one time, <laughs> at one point mm-hmm. or another. Mm-hmm. But um, but we we need to look at her characteristics, and we need to look at um, the other characteristics of the women in the Bible, and see what God's likes and their His dislikes are. Um, we need to understand where the Lord, what the Lord's sovereign will is in all of this is, uh, you know. And I would say go back and listen to where we started with about Eve, and go back and listen to uh, the the uh, message on Rebecca. And and hear the different uh, comments that we have made. We we're coming from different views. We're coming from different angles, but it is all in the Word of God. So um, join in with us and 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 even call in and share your insights. We would love to hear from you. That that's what I would like to say. And I also want to say uh, that if there's anyone out there that haven't received. Um, I hope I'm not uh, jumping over you here, uh, Jacqueline. But not at all, not at all, Dr. Okay. Donnie. Feel free. <laughs> I'm following <Okay>. you. <laughs> yeah, because um, we have been going so strong and deep in the word, we have been forgetting to give 
people the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you have listened in, um, if you've been listening in and you just happened in because you're a woman and you wanted to know uh, and you haven't had that time to stop and say, God, who, who this God is to you? Uh, this God that Rachel decided it's time for me to give up and, and let God take control over my life. Um, if you don't know him and if you haven't had the opportunity to say, uh, Jesus, I want to give myself to you. I want to give my whole vessel as a living sacrifice unto you. And I want you to transform me. I want you to renew me in your word. And I invite him into your life and allow him to take full control because you also have to play a role. And when I say you have to play a role, Okay, you have to come into agreement with God. You have to come into agreement with God, and you have to allow him to work in you and with you because that's what he wants to do. He wants you to be a temple. He wants to come inside of the temple and make it holy so that he can dwell with you. God in you and that you can be have your mind uh, transformed uh, to the point of sitting in high places with him that's where he wants you to be and if you're capable experiencing that because the spirit doesn't know Jew nor Greek the Holy Spirit knows it but he doesn't care if you are Jew or Greek he doesn't care if you are a uh, woman or male, what he cares about is that you just opening up and availing yourself. He's knocking at your door, or you willing to open up and allow him to come in and dine with you. He loves you that much, and it doesn't take any special thing. I don't want you to tell you to repeat any special words behind me, but what I want you to do is say yes to Jesus Christ, and 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 give yourself to him and say, Lord. Uh, I will tell you to say, Lord, reveal yourself to me and let me know you. Let me know thy way. I will tell you to say that because once you ask the Lord to reveal himself to you and you really desire it, you really want it from within, he will do Mm -hmm. that. He said, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. And it's so simple and basic. There's no um, special things you can do, but just genuinely desire the Lord Jesus Christ to be in your life. That That's what I want to say. Thank you, Dr. Donnie. And um, I can't, um, can't agree with you more um, considering the fact that we, the, the day and time that we are in, and I believe with this only the things that are done, for Christ are going to stand and, and that's what's going to last because he says that heaven and earth is going to pass away and only his word shall remain and if we want to you know continue and walk with the Lord and talk with the Lord we must first accept him as our Lord and Savior of our lives and then begin to grow in him and, and it begins with the first like you said acknowledging him and calling him Lord and, and making him ruler and savior of your life because he died for us all. And it doesn't matter 
you said, Dr. God, and where you come from or where you're at, because God will meet you right where you are. You just have to reach out to him, and he's always available to anyone who wants him. So I pray also that if there's anyone listening that if you don't do it today, do it if you need a moment for yourself in private. Call upon the Lord because he's waiting for you. He's waiting to hear from each and every one of you. And so we do have time for prayer. So I would like um, Minister Gloria, if you would, um, offer up a prayer for in, for the saved as well as the unsaved, but that the saved will come, the unsaved will come and accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Oh, Father God, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for the stories of the Word, of the Bible, your Word that you've given to us today. How we can see, Lord God, that in spite of our circumstances, in spite of our surroundings, in spite of the people that we think we can lean on or whatever it is we think we have, whether it's a beauty, whether it's a a personal strength and ability, whatever we are leaning on God, Lord, help us to lay those things down. Lord, we offer it all to you, Father God. We give it to you because in the end, those things will fail us. Lord God, uh, the, the people, the beauty, whatever we think we have, whatever strength we may have, God, whatever we think we can do, Father God, it, it will never be enough in some way or other. It will never be the answer. It will never offer us the resolve that we need you, God. Really, Lord God, what we need is you. We need our hearts to be turned to you, Father God, and we pray in Jesus' name, Lord God. Uh, Father, we pray for the unsaved, Lord God, that uh, and the saved, that all of us would understand that, Lord God, because the the, the word says that even the elect can be deceived. Yeah. So, Father, help us all to understand, Father God, that it's you, it's you who empower us, it's you who affirm us, it's you, dear God, who validate us, it's you who love us, Lord God, to the point that you sent your Son, our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. He came, dear God, that uh, he took our sin debt away and he gave us his righteousness. He took away our eternal death and gave us eternal life, Lord God. We receive him into our hearts as our Lord and Savior. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, dear God. We pray, Lord God, that you would make us yours for always, for eternity. We pray that our names be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, Almighty God. We pray, Father God, that we would allow your Son, your Holy, the, uh, the Holy Spirit, your God, to transform our hearts, renew our minds through the Word, your God. Help us to get the Word in us, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We pray, Father God, that we would have the right mindset, Lord God, a heart toward God and a mindset that understands that it is God and God alone. Yeah. That can give us victory through Christ. We have victory, dear God. Mm-hmm. That you've empowered us through the Holy Spirit to be able to, dear yeah. God, to be ready, uh, to be totally and uh, fully the bride of Christ, to be ready when Christ returns. That it's the Holy Spirit. It is you, your love, Father. It is the love of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It is the love of the Holy Spirit. It is you, Almighty God. The Trinity, 
that is our God. We thank you and praise you for who you are, the completeness that is you. You make us complete, dear God. It's you who make us complete. It's you, dear God, that make us all that we can be, all that you created us to be. Only you know what you created us to be and all that we can truly be. Because it's you, we were fashioned by your hands, for your purposes, for your glory, almighty God. And we pray that you bring us to that point where we can be fulfilled in Christ. Mm -hmm. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives, Lord God. We have ideas. We have, oh, Lord, how we have ideas. But, Lord God, you have the plan, the true plan, Lord God. We pray in Jesus' name, Father God, we bind up all the works of the enemy against us and against your plan for us, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, we close down all the gates of our life. We close off those gates to the enemy that he should not have entry points in any way. But, Lord God, our, our mind and our heart and our, our eyes, spiritual eyes, spiritual ears are set upon you, mighty Father that you would lead us out, that you would give us mm-hmm. a way out, dear God, that you would lead us to the promised land for us, oh God, that our peace would be in Christ, that everything, that we would acknowledge that all good things come from you, Father God. We thank you so much, Lord God, for all that you're doing. We praise you, we honor you, let everything about us honor you, Father God. May you be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for that, Minister Gloria. Uh, Dr. Ghani, we still just have a few minutes left. Do you um, have anything else you'd like to share with our listening audience um, regarding coming together again or whatever the Lord lays on your heart? Yes, I do. I would like to say that it's important for us to read the Bible and not just to hold on to scriptures that have become cliches. It's important for the body of Christ to pick up the Bible and read it and accept it for what the Lord has given it to us for. And again, it has to, you know, the Bible, Jesus said it, uh, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as it is in the heavens and, and, and the earth. So we, we cannot um, gain God's sovereign will by the cliches of scriptures. We have to read the word of God, read the Bible, and take sound understanding. Um, teaching of man is good, but we also, our individual selves, should know the word of God, we should, because iron can sharpen iron. And the fire that is ignited in someone will be ignited in you. So it's all charged up together in one agreement and one accord. The word of God is the key. The spirit of the Lord is in the word of God. And the more that we eat of it, the more that it comes inside of us and dwell in us. We're hungering and we're thirsting. For it, the more that the Lord reveals himself in it. And we should desire to grow because Paul said, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, at the, at the end of the book, he says, uh, 
that we should desire to all be desiring to be apostles. We should all desire to be ambassadors to the kingdom of God here in the earth. And that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. That's good, Dr. Ghani. And and that speaks right to um, what we were just talking about, you know, just asking those to be saved because we all have a place that God has called each and every one of us to um, as a part of his will, as a part of creation. We are created to worship God. So we must all take our rightful place and take on that assignment that God has called each and every one of us to because we all have a work to do. God is God does not make any of us by happenstance. We all have an assignment from God that he wants us to fulfill here in the earth realm. And so I encourage anyone, like you said, to seek God, read your Bible daily. And like you said, Dr. Ghani, not just for the cliches of it, because we have a lot of people that can quote scripture, even the enemy can quote scripture, but to get the meat of the word of what God's true intention is, read it in its context so you can understand who is saying what and why this was said and get an understanding and get an understanding of the things of God because his word, like the scripture says, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain. And if you want to know what is on the heart and mind of God, read his word. He didn't keep it a secret from it because he inspired the Holy Spirit to write it in a book so that we can all have a copy that we can read. And, Dr. Donnie, I know you always encourage the authorized King James Version to um, rightly divide the word of truth. So whatever it is that you can read, um, that you can understand the word, and always come back to the King James Bible because sometimes some different translations will break things down and go a little far off from what the intent of the original Hebrew and the Greek that the Bible was written in for us to understand. But do your due diligence. Take your time out with the word of God. And, again, Dr. Gandhi, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share um, on your call and, and, and be a part of the vision that God has laid upon your heart. And I know you have a heart for the people of God. And, and I'm, I'm blessed and honored each time. And I'm growing in the things of God as a result of being connected with you. So I thank and praise God for placing you in my life because the person who introduced me to you, I no longer really talk to them and have a relationship with them, but I thank God that he connected us together and I can still have a relationship with you and, and be a part of what God is doing in your life and, and share with you. I, I greatly appreciate you, woman of God, and I'm grateful part of your ministry and to share in the different things that you share with me. You have really assisted me in my life going to another level in God. And I'm grateful, and God bless you. And I, I pray that all of the blessings of the Lord, they overchase you, they run you down, and everything that you desire in God, he will bring it to pass suddenly, no delay. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed, amen. woman of God. Amen. And I just want to say, earn is sharpening earn, and God bless everyone. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister uh, Minister Gloria. Have a wonderful day. And everyone else who was on the call, may the Lord bless you and keep you and his face will shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless everyone.